Welcome to the Crystal Valley Casserole, a podcast where we introduce you to members of our ward. We are Chad and Kenny Smith. We are not professional podcasters, but we have some amazing people we want you to meet. So, without further ado, pull up a seat and join us as we get to know some of the ingredients that make up the Crystal Valley Casserole. Well, we are really excited to have Joe and Lauren flouting with us today. Um, and we're going to do a quick introductory bio of each of them before we get started. Joe grew up in the Seattle area. He has two older brothers, a younger sister, and an older stepsister. He and his brothers own Revitalized Health, a hormone replacement therapy clinic. He loves watching sports and dreaming of new businesses to start. Lauren grew up in Parker, the second oldest of five siblings. She's a stay-at-home mom and sometimes teaches musical theater classes for kids. Her hobbies are music and hiking. And she says, at least it used to be hiking. Anyhow, we're really grateful for Joe and Lauren coming on the podcast with us. And we're excited for everybody to get to know them a little bit better. Lauren and I have a little bit of shared history together. A few years ago, uh, both of us, how many years ago was that? Maybe three years ago three or so, we both were singing in the Colorado Saints Corral. Um, Lauren was living in Highlands Ranch. I was living in Centennial, but we were part of a carpool group for a few months. Um, and so I know her from that and just uh, a month or two ago, was super surprised to see her walk into our ward. So really excited that they've moved in. They moved in a couple months ago, and we'll introduce them a little bit more. Um, so, and we're excited to talk to you more and get to know you and get to know Joe a little better and be able to introduce people in our ward to you who maybe haven't gotten to know you yet. So on that note, um, we kind of want to just hear... What brought you to this area? Tell us a little bit about what your family looks like right now, um, maybe ages of your kids, where you guys moved from, and yeah, kind of what you're doing in life right now. Sure. So we um, moved from Highlands Ranch. That's where we were uh, most recently. Before that, we were in Sarita, which is a smaller town south of Tucson. Before that, we were in Parker, but we have three children currently, and maybe forever. <laughs> uh, Eliza is our oldest. She's six. Duke is four. He's our boy. And Paige is one and a half. Um, we, I mean, we, we really did enjoy Highlands Ranch, but we knew that wasn't, we just felt like that really wasn't where we were going to end up. We, uh, we didn't really plan on staying there and actually stayed there quite a bit longer than we planned. And so we <laughs> had been looking at houses for probably the past three years. <laughs> it's a very time-consuming hobby of mine to just look at real estate. <laughs> um, not very effective. But 
we um, we found we were just drawn to Castle Rock. We wanted a little more space. We liked the feeling. We liked. Um, I'd spent quite a bit of time in Castle Rock, um, growing up near here, um, and yeah, we just we really liked the feel of Castle Rock. Um, just a little more. I don't know. Country. <laughs> A little bit, I don't know. Um, just a little, a little bit more laid back, but still with so much going on. Um, yeah. So yeah, we found a great house, and we are here. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I think a lot of people in our ward relate to that. Just kind of being drawn to this area, a little bit more rural feel, even though it's kind of exploded mm -hmm. recently, population-wise, but. Um, but yeah, just a great place to be. And then tell us kind of, so you have three kids and um, I guess, what do you guys, tell us about what you do for work and yeah, that part of your life. She has the most uh, grueling job. <laughs> so I, um, I stay home with the kids. I, in the past, I've done little things. Um, I do some billing work for uh, Joe's company. Um, I have, I mean, I, yes, I do write young adult books. I'm just, it's nothing, it's really nothing special. I, I self-publish. It's, it's fun for me. Um, I think it's and, special because I think a lot of time goes into writing a book and the fact that you've written multiple. And I just remember, sorry, again, I'm just like going to gush about you some more, but I remember in our carpool kind of like asking you, how do you do this? And I think you had a new baby. And you said something like, well, I have all this extra time when I'm nursing a baby, so I just might as well be writing a book. I'm like, oh, man, well, I completed watching the entire Parks and Rec series. Does that count <laughs> as productive? Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Well, we've had lots of, of times like that, too, where we're like, oh, we've watched this entire season of Psych in two days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I write predominantly on my phone. I, I find that awesome. that's really effective. Um, I also love to put on shows. Like I like to put on musicals or do musical theater classes for kids or try and rope people into doing like a community theater production. <laughs> that's what I I get like anxious if I haven't done something like that in a while. So that is, but predominantly, and what brings me the most joy is um being with my kids and brings me a lot of frustration but also <laughs> lots. <laughs> lots of growing opportunities yes. and you're with them oh, you didn't mention this but you told me that you're also homeschooling right so that's busy too yes yeah we're homeschooling so um <clears throat> eliza is the only one that's um really school age and she has some um enrichment programs that she does during the week but yeah we are Having and, that adventure. And that so is can I ask you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I ask you going back to the like community theater musical production thing? Do you have anything on the horizon? Like maybe we just need to like drum up some uh, some uh, interest with this podcast in the ward and. Oh yeah! Consider we... this your free advertising space <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> free advertising. Um. Well, I mean, I've been trying to put together a class for like five to eight year olds 
But like I have all these shows that I've been wanting to do. Like I have a, a musical of Esther where I'm like, I feel like that would be okay. Like it would be appropriate to perform at a church because we have stages at all of our church buildings. Not all of them, but most <laughs> of our church buildings have stages. And the cultural hall is not just for basketball, even though that's a great use for it. Yeah. There's also a stage there, just yeah. being storage space. <laughs> I actually remember. Anyway, yeah. So. Did did Cammy tell me? I think this was when you guys were car carpooling together. But you write the musicals, right? Like you write musicals. That, I do. That yeah. You then I, like want to like produce. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's a, a passion of mine. And that's again, so cool. They're not the most amazing things, but I have fun with them. Like and they're really like, I, yeah, that's cool. yeah, I definitely support the idea of a, a production of Esther going down at our church building. So let's get that. Yeah, yeah I'd have sure. to talk to the bishop about it. Well, that's cool. Okay, so Joe, Joe, tell us about what you do. and Yeah, um, I, uh, me and my two brothers own uh, uh, a couple different uh, medical clinics. We we focus on hormone replacement therapy, and then we do a bunch of uh, med spa services and stuff as well. But oh, cool. we have a main location over in Littleton and one up in um, Fort Collins, Loveland. And then we have a mobile unit that services more of the uh, the eastern side of um, Centennial and Castle Rock and stuff like that. Oh, that's very cool. I feel like that would be a podcast episode in and of itself. That would be kind of interesting to talk to you more about. I When I was... I, when I was contacting you with information for this podcast, I think I noticed your email is something like aspire hire or something like that. Is that the business that you. Uh, well, that, that's just a, um, a side, uh, basically a shell company or whatever that I have, but okay. it's a revital, revitalized health. Okay. Um, yeah. We've, we've been around for, what coming up on five years now or whatever, but cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it has been quite the, the fun adventure and um, I can definitely go on and on uh, about it, but I do get in trouble if I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe just a real quick, give us like a, a little bit of background on how you got into that. So like did you, yeah. you, you mentioned going to college at CSU, I think. Was that where you said? Colorado State, yeah. Colorado State. So did you study business? Did you study medicine pharmaceuticals like how what kind of was the path getting in here yeah so yeah bo both my brothers are nurse practitioners so they, they handle the uh, the medical side of everything okay but uh, yeah i i take care of all the business and basically keep us float and keep us going and um yeah. but <clears throat> no it i i didn't study uh business um in 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 uh, at csu or in college in general um I've got a much different philosophy on college after college, but uh, yeah, um, it, yeah. <laughs> maybe just, I'll just interject there. I actually did kind of feel bad when I said like, what did you study to get in there? Cause I, you know, I feel the same that oh, you yeah. don't necessarily have to have a degree to get a job. So um, anyhow, but oh, yeah. 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 Well, it, business has always just been a passion of mine. And I, I mean, I am proudly a, uh, you know, a serial entrepreneur and, uh, you know, I've uh, started up and, and done s several different things, and that's actually what brought us out to Arizona um, when she was saying we lived in just south of Tucson, uh -huh. um, was I uh, had a carpet and tile cleaning company out there, and then 
basically uh, one year we came back out here for, for Christmas and uh, I'm talking with my brothers just like normal and they come, we would start get started up the conversation. He's like, Hey, you know, I need to, I need to talk to you. I've been, you know, I've been thinking uh, uh, for about uh, starting up a business, but they know nothing about business. And so uh, it's funny because previously I'd actually, for some reason it had been in my mind about changing, you know, paths. Uh-huh. And uh, so we just started talking or whatever. And he was telling me, you know, he's like, this is kind of, you know, the field I've, you know, the vision that, that I've had. And so I spent our, our uh, entire Christmas break up here, you know, with, with her family kind of uh, in a little corner uh, um, on the computer, just, uh, you know, researching all the stuff about it. And, yeah. You know, need marketplace, all that fun stuff. And, and by the time we went back to, uh, to Arizona, um, one of the guys I had working for me, I was like, Hey, are you interested in buying the company from me? He's like, yeah, uh, done. Let's yeah. make this happen. <laughs> and literally we, you know, we just start at that point. I started, uh, you know, um, everything that we, I needed to do to get this running out here and end up by, you know, doing well. And we were just like, all right, we need to, you know, get back up, get back out here. So that's what brought us back was, yeah. uh, was starting up this business. Yeah. That's so cool. I always have a ton of respect for people the, you know that are like the entrepreneur type um just because you know i i think if my life had gone differently i think maybe i could have handled that but just since i'm in just like one of those career path kind of jobs now now looking back i'm just like that feels so unstable and like hearing you talk about like okay we're gonna do this new thing like I, it just seems to me like people like you like your life is almost walking by faith, right? Whereas me, like, it's very much of a more like long-term planned out, like I, you know. I, it doesn't require much creativity. It's just yeah. like, this is what your education is like you have to do. This is what you're going to do forever, yeah. you know? So anyhow, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. No, it's, for you guys. It is definitely not for everybody. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, that actually adds to my testimony as far as that, uh, you know, with, you know, how that we actually met and that we, uh, you know, ended up by, you know, get, being sealed and everything was it, it not only for, you know, from my, my point of view is being able to deal with it because it will drive people crazy, but also, you know, having a spouse that is able to deal with it and supports it. Yeah. For and, sure. You know, because, <clears throat> you know, it, one of the leading, you know, causes of divorce and such is, obviously, you know, financial and, and uh, stuff yeah. like that issues. Yeah. Well, when you're, as, as you said, there's no guarantees on anything, you know, it can be either great or it could be absolutely nothing or like <laughs> yeah. there is no guarantees, uh, especially when you're first starting out. Uh, but so it can definitely take its toll, which, you know, it, it's such a blessing that, um, uh, that, you know, I met Lauren because, she has a very similar mindset as far as uh, every. Why are you laughing? <laughs> as far as everything, but uh, that it was able to, um, you know, handle the, the 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 more lean and and not so fun times. Yeah. Well, but it has been a blessing. Like I I know that we've gotten help from God because I look back sometimes. And I think, how did we make it? 
through that time, how did we pay all our bills? I, I, it doesn't make sense. Like it yeah. doesn't add up. And yet we made it through these times. And so it's been a ride, but it's, it's, I, but again, it, we've it, had help. but again, it does, it, it builds your testimony to be able to, you know, if you, especially that last part of the whole thing, you know, that whole endureness <laughs> a bit of it, like if you do, if you follow those other steps, enduring is the absolute hardest part. Yeah. Um, but if you can do it, you know, there are absolutely blessings sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kind of mind is we were kind of talking about that, just like the difference between those uh, one one thing that's come out a few times in the come follow me study lessons this year in particular is how it's really interesting that God always seems to lead his people into places that that ma major civilizations typically thrive by rivers or by major bodies of water where they can have a dependable water source. And interestingly enough, God tends to send his people away from those areas into areas where they depend on rain. So like Jerusalem, Israel, um, uh, Salt Lake, those kinds of places have always like you have to depend on rain. And so the point just was made that like, uh, you, you know, you learn to depend daily on what you need. And I'm not, you know, that's not to say that like, because I don't depend daily on like my career doesn't depend on it, that people like me can't have faith. I think we still can, but I think it is an interesting sure. point. The, when your career makes it so that you have those tests and trials of faith that, you know, for us, our, our tests look differently. Um, but anyhow, I think it's interesting people that have a career that makes that kind of more upfront part of their life. Yeah. So I think it leads nicely into one of the questions that we wanted to talk with you guys about, which is just, um, you know, you kind of mentioned that you've gone through some trials here and there um, that you've been able to get through you know, and it's felt like kind of a miracle or whatever in those moments. But um, have there been any times in your life that have been really hard to get through and how have you done that what can you share with members of our ward about getting through something difficult <laughs> um so what actually comes to my mind is is my time before i met joe um i so I met Joe when I was 28. And um, so I spent a fair amount of time <clears throat> in singles wards. And it was hard because it, it, we got married when I was 29 and Joe was 30. And that's not horribly late in life, you know. But when relatively you're looking at all of your family members and friends that are, that are moving on, I kind of saw as they were moving on and I was being left behind. Um, and so during those times of being single and being alone, I look at it and I, I had all of this opportunity. I had all of these possibilities. I could have lived anywhere or, you know, 
pursued any kind of career, but I was, I was stuck. Like I, I needed an anchor. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I needed, you know, something to guide me because I was terrified of making the wrong choice or going to the wrong place. And it was a little bit debilitating. And this is not everybody. This is my personal experience. <laughs> I find that I have trouble making decisions. <laughs> um, but that was very crippling for me. Um, just feeling alone and feeling like I had no anchor and that there was nothing to, to kind of guide me in a path. Um, but as I kind of grew through that and <laughs> matured a little bit and learned some things about myself, um, it helps me to rely on the Lord and to just say, regardless of what happens, I am going to work on serving God and building his kingdom. Um, and that was very helpful for me. And, and once I kind of got to that point um, and got my ducks in a row and was a little less crazy, I guess, <laughs> I that's when I met Joe. And that was a great blessing in my life. Um, and something that was, he was answered to so many prayers. Um, but I, I still look back on that time as kind of the, the hardest thing that I've gone through. And some people might look at that and say, well, that doesn't sound hard at all. But for my, you know, that was something that was very crucial to my growth. Um, because since we've been married, since we've had our family, we have had some ups and downs. We've had some really hard times, um, particularly when we were pretty much newlyweds. Um, we were, we were trying to have, uh, kids right away. And I had, I kept having miscarriages at about 12 weeks, just mm. so they were late miscarriages and, yeah. you know, three in a row. And it was wow. difficult, but it was such a time of, of learning and growing and, my love and appreciation for Joe grew so much during that time. And it was, it, it was a sacred time that we went through. And um, I mean, after that, we went to a specialist and found out what the issue was. And gratefully, there was an answer. And gratefully, it was, you know, easily solved. Um, mm. But I still feel like having that, that anchor was so helpful to get us through these hard times, whether, I mean, really our anchor needs to be the Lord, but to have people in your life, whether it be a spouse or a family member, a parent, a, you know, a friend that, you know, I feel like that is so important to have someone that you can cling to and that you can hold to. Um, as you move forward in decisions and through trials. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I love that you shared about that. I feel like um, so, I mean, so many things in life are just a matter of perspective. And so hearing you talk about that um, kind of transported me back to being single before being married and some of those similar feelings that I had just thinking this is really hard you know because 
And I guess what's interesting is that now I almost kind of forget that that was a part of my life. <laughs> like, it just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, well, of course, I was going to meet Chad. Just I was going to be a little bit older than I thought, but I was going to meet Chad. And now we were going to have this family. But in the moment, it felt very unsure and very uncertain. And um, and I think people in our world can relate to what you're saying, even if they didn't have that exact experience. Um, and some of those other experiences related to infertility, etc. But um, when you said that you felt um, debilitated, and that it was hard, you felt so much pressure to make the right choice. And you didn't know where to go. And you were paralyzed. You didn't know what to do. I think that people have that experience sometimes where, um, where it just doesn't feel like things are quite going right. Or something that's supposed to be happening isn't happening, right? We're being required to be patient. And so then it we feel all this pressure. I have to make sure I'm doing the right thing. I'm going the right direction. I'm in the right place at the right time. And it's a really hard spot to be in. So thanks for just kind of sharing some of those feelings about that. I mean, again, you were just, you know, talking about perspective and to kind of flip the point on, on this is it just shows you that the Lord knows what he's doing. Um, because if she would have, you know, met me sooner. And again, I, there's not many people as wonderful as I think about, I am. Um, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur and just, you know, I can be intense and just, she is, you know, definitely, you know, a unique person to be able to, to, to deal with me. <laughs> um, but if she would have met me sooner, I wasn't ready. Like I, I, I was not ready to, to have such, uh, you know, someone with, with, that was so wonderful in my life. And so, you know, I know she had to go through all those struggles, but she had to go through them because the Lord was still preparing me to, you know, to accept the gospel and mm -hmm. to change to be the person that, that, uh, that, that would be good for her. So he knows what he's doing. And yeah, yeah, we do. We all have struggles, but there's a specific reason for those struggles. Yeah, I love that perspective. And that's why it's so fun in asking this question to people in our ward, because when we have the perspective and we look back, it makes sense, right? Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I've learned this several times in my life at this point, and I'm sure I'll still learn it several times more. But, you know, as we're growing, growing up in the gospel, you hear so much about like, oh, you just have to be faithful through trials and endure and be patient and that kind of stuff. And you just think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, these older people, like they've got it all figured out or whatever. Like it, it's not hard for them, but you go through it and it is so hard. And then what I love talking to people is like, you know, you, your little story is like, Oh, that was probably really hard. But in the moment, it's so much harder than you can convey yeah exactly convey or like how understand even just on a podcast but just talking about those stories 
I feel like every time reminds me of times in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, it is way hard to get through some of those challenges, even though it, it doesn't sound as hard now, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you for, thank you for sharing about that. So can you guys go ahead and tell us how you did meet then? Cause we haven't really, we've kind of danced around the topic a little bit, but haven't heard the story of how you did meet. Um, it's not terribly exciting. <laughs> We're easily excited. Uh, don't, don't let me tell it. I make, I make things exciting. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a, you know, the old ad of, of never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna lie. no, you just, you don't lie. You just embellish. Um, <laughs> no, we, um, so I, I was up in Fort Collins, and my brothers had actually lived down in Highlands Ranch area um, for a few years, and they'd continuously been trying to get me to, to move down here. But again, there was a plan in place, and so uh, you know I was meant to be up there, and and end up by taking the discussions and, and getting baptized. But I randomly just come down here to uh, uh, to to visit with them one weekend, and. Uh, Went to end up by looking up, you know, where, where to go to church. And so the singles ward. And I just, that Sunday, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to move down here. Uh-huh. And my brothers have been trying to get me moved down for years. And no idea why. But so, you know, I uh, went back up and uh, decided to move down. So, you know, a couple months later or whatever, I'd moved down. And was that, I think it was about the time I met. Yeah, one so of the first couple weeks I had here. yeah I had been in this so it was the Crowfoot Ward which is in our stake, um, and I have a great testimony of singles wards and and of singles they are so strong, um, so but I had been in that ward for a long time and I'd had so many again I'm bad at making decisions so I was going to move out to Washington and then I didn't I was going to move out to Utah and I didn't I was going to move to Omaha and I had finally decided that I was. I didn't care what was going to happen. I was moving to Tennessee. I had some friends out there and I was going and my Bishop knew this. And yet he called me to be in the relief society presidency. (laughs) I was so upset. And I told him, I'll give you four months, which is such a ridiculous thing to say. Like I, I can't imagine saying that to a Bishop now, (laughs) but that's what I said. So I changed my plans. I put off moving and I was going to, <clears throat> I was going to move to Tennessee in four months after being in the Parker area for quite a long time. Uh-huh. And um, I, so I shared this. I gave a talk last week, and I shared this in my talk. But um, I was in a state conference, and I was thinking about this calling I had in the Relief Society presidency, and I said. I think the best way to serve the sisters is to just not try and date because it's weird in the singles ward. All the girls are trying to date the same guy. <laughs> Relief society is a little bit weird in that dynamic. And so I said, I'm just going to be hands off. I'm not, not even going to pursue anything. I'm just done. And after those meetings at state conference, I met up with Joe in the hall who I had actually, I'd kind of, we introduced ourselves maybe once before, but in that time that's the first time that i actually had a really great conversation with him like 
there was some flirting. He gave me like a little Lego guy that he had found on the bench. And, <laughs> and, and then it, it just kind of snowballed after that. I don't necessarily remember us like dating. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Like kids, well, they mean, just hang out now. They don't date. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what we did. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I remember like when your parents fell in love with me. Yes. Her, oh. parent, her parents fell in love with me way before she did. <laughs> uh, nice it, work, she, uh, That's a good first she step. She was having this activity at her house. At my parents' or, house. Sorry, her parents' house. And um, all the singles were there or whatever. And it was some type of, something with food. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody was uh, out in the living room just, you know, talking or whatever. And... I don't know. It's in my nature, whatever. I'm like, there was a bunch of dishes. So I was like, well, I'll just, so I was in the, the kitchen just doing all the dishes. Uh-huh. Everybody else was out chatting uh-huh. and her parents came home and were like, who is that young man in there doing the dishes? Let me introduce you to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So oh, good for yeah, you. That, nice. that was when I had them. Nice. And yeah, nice. all those dishes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and I love that story. You were doing the dishes and they weren't even, no one was even home to observe you doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah. You were just doing yeah, them. Not to it impress your parents. And then they came home at the perfect time. The only reason I ever do it <laughs> is to try to impress somebody for sure. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I apologize that we didn't know that story. For all the people who listen to this podcast who actually go to church, they maybe have already heard that we story. We were out of town. We were out of town. Week. So I'm sorry we missed your talk. Yeah. What's that? That was just a recap for all those yeah, that yeah, missed exactly. last week. Okay. Um, so what we want to hear from both of you guys is, were there any... Um, any experiences that were particularly formative in gaining a testimony of the gospel? I've always had like a, uh, I guess a gospel influence in my life. Looking back now, um, mm-hmm. at the time I didn't know that they were members of the church. Um, we, I was basically raised with uh, no religion. I mean, my, the religion that I was raised with is there were no no good, no bad. It was just, you know, you get up and go to work. Um, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there was no uh, no downside, I guess, as far as like trying to overcome any other um, beliefs or anything like that. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it uh, I guess my, um, when I went to uh, Colorado State, or actually college before that uh, was, uh, I went to uh, a community college in Wyoming right after high school. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> one of our um, uh, good friend of our see this is where the story can get long but uh, <laughs> um, me and my two brothers pretty much have have done continue to do everything together in life and both older and so we went to school together um, in Wyoming and uh, a good friend of theirs that they were there a year ahead of me so a good friend of ours um, is LDS mm-hmm. and he, uh, I remember him going on his mission right after, uh, um, right before college, or in the middle of college. And it was kind of a weird thing, of course, because it's not a normal thing that people do. But, um, but 
he's the in, he's the one that ended up by uh, actually baptizing me. I think. Nice. Oh wow! Yes. Right. Yeah. I remember. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so yeah, fast forward basically to uh, um, after, in the middle of college at CSU, uh, a really good uh, friend of mine um, was living in his. He had a grandma suite uh, on his house, and I was living there. And uh, he has uh, three little girls, or he had three little girls at the time. And, you know, really, I mean, I was family to them, basically. It was, uh, but they would just, every Sunday, come over and, you know, knock on the door, and you come to church with us. Huh. No, I'm good. Thanks. Huh. <laughs> and, but, you know, look, little kids don't understand, you know, so you always get the why question. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. football's on um you know, like, um I, I i just i don't want to you run out of excuses after a while and you know just uh you know some some things that happened in in life that uh, eventually made me you know start to actually look for uh religion and um i'd uh, gone to you know, a few different churches just checking them out and um i've always been good at sales i guess and so the the downside is when you know all the different sales tactics if you go to other churches they're imploring them a lot <laughs> and so you're like oh you're selling me on something right here um but uh, so finally one week i just told them i was like yeah i was like let's go <laughs> so who is they they about had a heart my, my friend and his wife about had a heart attack because uh-huh. I mean, they've been asking me for oh two years or so i mean oh, it, was, wow. it was a while that's hard. <laughs> yeah it was, it was a while and this was their uh, kids who were coming and asking you yeah well because you know uh, the guy's name is mike mike and i he, he had one of my soft spots is is a uh, is hot tub so uh <laughs> Yeah, one answer is get me in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, should do your podcast in hot podcast in a hot tub. That's <laughs> a great idea. We've yes. got a funny. We've got a funny hot tub story from today that we'll tell you afterwards. But go ahead and finish your story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, him and I would be in there for till all you know wee hours in the morning, just talking and so we talked about gospel a lot but so it was just nothing was you know when when it came time to taking discussions up nothing was uh foreign um yeah okay you kind of heard a lot of it mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah we you know we went to church and it was it was this is part of my testimony to the fact that um you can't say the wrong thing to the right or the, yeah, the wrong thing to the right person. Oh uh, yeah. Because it was a, it was a, a, a fast Sunday. My first time going. Mm. And it was one of those fast Sundays. That the Bishop has to make corrections. <laughs> All the kooks um, of the caves. It, it, yeah. There, there was, yeah. There, the, without getting into too much of these crazy ones, but there, there was just, there was one that just went way off the deep end um and and like it shocked everybody Uh but you know and so after the it was three hours at the time and that was a long time but afterwards uh you know my buddy was like you know so you know what would you think whatever and i you know being best friends with him i straight up told him i was like that was the most boring experience of my life (laughs) (laughs) 
but there was something there that I couldn't put my finger on that I had to go back. Uh-huh. And, and a big part of it was they weren't trying to sell me on something. Uh-huh. You know, it, it was the, the spirit was the thing that tried to bring people back uh-huh. instead of the words of the person speaking. And so it was just completely different than all the other churches that I had, you know, just gone to one or two meetings of. And so it was, it was just different. And then, you know, it's went a couple times with them and got bamboozled into uh, uh, taking the discussions. Um, his twin, I guess, a meeting with Aries. And yeah, but it, it was great. And it was almost awkward because every time they would try to, dis, you know, discuss something, it was, you know, well, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, let's, okay, let's move on. And they were, they were almost like wanting to, you know, to get into it and, you know, just yeah. not necessarily debate, but just to get into the conversation. I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Let's, next subject. Let's move yeah. forward. But they were, oh, okay. Um, okay. Like, they just didn't know what, where to go from there. But yeah. it was, oh, it was a really great time. Uh, you know, I, there was, we brought in a few different families and stuff just to make it more of a conversation than, you know, a lesson. Well, thank you for telling us that story. I think what stood out to me was just thinking about the neighbors and their kids inviting you over and over for two years. Like, so yes, you were prepared and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person, but you also might have to be persistent over a period of time, right? Like, that's impressive to me. I don't like that kind of rejection, asking somebody for two years. (laughs) That would be hard. But but see, but but the thing is, and this is my whole thing with missionary work, is not making it awkward. Yeah. People always try to make missionary work awkward. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have to be, doesn't need to be, and it shouldn't be. It should be something that is natural. There's no way without, you know, discussing the gospel with uh, with Mike, you know, hundreds of times in the hot tub that I without that I wouldn't have been prepared. Like it, you know, it's just you know, daily conversations at work or whatever it is you don't have to make it awkward. Yeah. You know, so too many people think of like, you know, Oh, I've got to, you know, Oh, I just have to go, you know, cold, cold call or, you know, just go knock on my neighbor's door and just ask him to come over and have discussions. No, if you don't know your neighbor, don't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, get to know your neighbor first. And yeah. <laughs> but I, again, there too, like there are all different kinds of time, uh, all different kinds of people, excuse me. Uh, because, I try to get into gospel conversations with our neighbors all the time. Cause I know they're religious. Um, but like, they just don't like, I can tell they just like, they don't take the bait. Right. Like I'll just like try to talk to them. I'm like, Oh, like, you know, tell me about your church or whatever. And it's just like, you sound like you were a very like willing participant in those conversations and not everybody's quite like that. Right. Like, so sometimes people might need a little bit different strategy yeah. as well, but. Okay. Well, Can I tell my my hot tub joke? Oh, sure. Or, or story? So we were walking back from all, all for hot tubs. <laughs> What's that? So I'm all for hot tub stories. Yeah. yeah. So we were walking back from the park. There's a park right up the hill from us. And we were walking back from the park today. And our neighbors right across the street who back up to the park, they just kind of redid their little patio area. So my son was like, hey, like that's new back there. And, and he's like, oh, and they got a hot tub. And I was like, well, actually, the hot tub has been there for a long time, but they did get like that new little patio thing. And he's like, oh, there's really no privacy. 
they must do that with their swimsuits on. <laughs> like go in the hot tub. And what's hilarious about it is I don't didn't know this, but he must have heard me talk about it at some point because I'm always telling people that how I don't get why people have hot tubs in our neighborhood because there's no privacy fences. And I'm like, if I have a hot tub, I need a privacy fence because there's no way I'm using a swimsuit when I go in that hot tub. And he must have heard that because he's like, they must do that with their swimsuits on. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. Yes. Yeah, they yep. probably do like most normal human beings. Another reason we need to be very another reason we need to be very careful about what we see around our children. Yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. They yes. will pick it up. There's the takeaway. But we will probably go back and edit that part out of the podcast. Uh, okay. Well, by the way, since we're editing out, well, yes. or you can keep this in. That creme brulee was so good. I oh. ate it immediately. Oh, oh nice. good. I'm so glad. Okay. Good. That's what took me a little bit longer to come up here. Oh, it, it's <laughs> kind of our little special it's treat. It's our like. too, and yeah. we'll just name drop somebody else in the ward. It's Caitlin Parkin who introduced us to the sous vide and that method of cooking, and also shared her recipe for the creme brulee. So it's it's a favorite. We yeah. really like it. Lauren, if you want to kind of tell us about growing up those formative years as a teenager where you're trying to figure out your testimony, was there anything um, that stands out or? Um, I was a fairly difficult teenager. <laughs> um, I, well, I remember like when I was 10, 11, 12, I was just this model child. I was wonderful. And then, you know, puberty happened and I just was very rebellious. And not to say, I, mean, I didn't do anything awful, but I was very difficult for my parents and I would, I would break their, their rules often. I would, you know, go do things with friends that were not great and borderline <clears throat> illegal. <laughs> it's so funny hearing you say this you know, I, I, I oh, don't know I, you super well but being around you that is like fairly shocking to me actually <laughs> you just do not seem like the rebellious mild. type everything's mild compared to my childhood so oh, keep going that's, <laughs> that's true no we would do stupid things like steal road cones or traffic signs like I just <laughs> really dumb thing you know watching things i shouldn't do and like kind of being in places i shouldn't be in it sounds um, like you were kind of trying to be a little bit rebellious like yeah to... i i was really testing the boundaries and i was yeah. really just being a big pain to my poor angel parents um <laughs> but at one point when i had done something that had really offended my parents and they grounded me and they gave me my dad was also my bishop at the time okay. so he gave me a list of scriptures to read um so going through all of these things and kind of being a little jerk <laughs> i was not necessarily living how i was supposed to but i was i was going through all the motions like i was saying my prayers in the morning and night going to seminary and reading my scriptures going to church and then kind of you know doing these things that were not great but so I was being a really big hypocrite. But as I kind of plowed through that time, 
what happened is that those those things that I would do, just going through the motions, they started to make a difference. And so, you know, you think about the the letter of the law and the spirit <coughs> of the law. It's kind of a little adage that comes up often. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of the spirit of the law, but in this case, it was the letter of the law that really worked on me, that just doing those things that kind of poured into and then and helped my spirit. And so that was a really, it wasn't a single defining moment, but slowly I kind of came around um, <clears throat> so that by the time I you know finished high school and whatnot, I was in a much better place than I had been um, in my early teenage years. Mm-hmm. But I also think about, um, I went to school at BYU Hawaii and there were a lot of times that I would go like be on the beach and praying on the beach um, at night alone was so powerful to me. Um, just kind of being in the midst of, of Heavenly Father's creations, um, yeah. kind of feeling that spirit there. Um, was very powerful to me. And I also, um, on my mission, I had some moments, um, one in particular of, of bearing my testimony in a, a, like a mission conference that we had where I could not be restrained. Like I, I felt the spirit so strong. I felt the witness of you know, the, the truthfulness of the gospel so deeply and so strong that I could not stay seated. I could not stay silent and that I had to bear my testimony. And I, I always go back to that moment. It was Mm. so powerful for me. So that was a lot, but (laughs) no, that was really great. Those were some excellent points that you had. And I would like to ask questions about a lot of those things. The, The last thing that you mentioned, I just thought, that I relate so well with that I, I think sometimes we forget about how important just like even one or two or a few spiritual moments are and need to be for our whole life. Like there's a couple of moments where I just like think back on it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I could never, I could never leave the church or deny my testimony because I had that experience. And even though it was like 20 years ago and I'm a, you know, very different person. I understand things very differently now. Like it's so important to hold on to some of those experiences that, you know, maybe even happened, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And yeah. So I I think that was cool that you had an experience like that, that you look back on. Um, One of the other things that you said, what's that? I was just going to say, as far as like, you know, for just specific instance or whatever. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, for like her, it was, you know, praying on the beach, you know, that was kind of like her Zen moment, if you will, or whatever. But yeah. <clears throat> um, when I was going through the the discussions and um, talking with, uh, you know, the one who ended up by baptizing me, um, he lives up in Wyoming and <clears throat> I would just call him kind of afterwards usually and just talk to him. And uh, it got to the point where we pretty much had gone through all the lessons and, mm-hmm. It just, 
I, I guess at times I can be too logical. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, everything makes sense. Well, but there was still no reason for me to get baptized. Mm. Um, and it's because I was putting logic into the scriptures, which those two don't go. I mean, scriptures are meant for, you know, for faith and for, for emotion. And <clears throat> I, uh, and his advice to me was something that, uh, um, has always stuck. And it was, he said, you know, go, go to a place that's special to you. And, you know, you just, just quiet and just kind of like clear your head and pray. <clears throat> and along with hot tubs being a, a big fan of, uh, uh, steam rooms. Uh, yeah, we're getting deep on this, uh, this podcast, <laughs> but, um, I love steam rooms. It, it's, it's, it's my place. One of the only few places that I can just clear my head and just, you know, not think. Uh-huh. And I had, I had done that and I was in the steam room and I'm not an overly emotional person, but I just started praying. I'm like, oh, you know, this whole gospel stuff makes sense, but I, I don't, I, I just, I don't feel it. I don't, you know, there's no real reason for me to get baptized. And I just, I just broke down uh-huh. and, and it just, it hit me. It, it was the spirit that just kind of overwhelmed me. And it just, I just, I was like, Oh, okay, I, for some reason I need to get baptized. And it just, it literally, I came out of there and I was like, all right, let, you know, let, let's get baptized. I had no idea why, but it was finally, I, I think I allowed this, the spirit to, you know, to enter my heart versus yeah. just trying to make sense of everything. Yeah. Well, to kind of combine the two, I, I really love that story. I, I, I think, so in Doctrine and Covenants section eight, it talks about how the spirit will touch our mind and our heart. And so I think both are very important. And I I really love it. So we're in Isaiah in Come Follow Me right now, and I'm teaching seminary. And so I was kind of telling them about like, okay, Isaiah's poetry. And, and unless you kind of understand like these parallelisms, it's very difficult to understand. So then my point was like, okay, why? Why poetry? And I... And, and I got this from somebody else, but I totally agree with it, that like you can read a, a church handbook that says like, Jesus Christ suffered for your sins. If you repent, you can be forgiven. And like you, in your head, you think, okay, that's fine. But that's not very motivational. But yeah. you read poetry where he talks about he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and he he we hid as it were our faces from him. And he, you know, these beautiful uh, poems about the savior and what he's done for us. And that actually like moves you to change your entire life. So I just think it takes both, right? It takes your head and it takes your heart. And um, I think that's a great example of, of using both there. So thanks for sharing that story. It was great. Yeah, I loved both of your stories. And Lauren, I think what I really liked about yours was um, that example of sometimes we do go through the motions, maybe. Sometimes we do the things that we know we're supposed to do or that we've been taught to do. Um, And I think that's, I mean, that does demonstrate faith that you continue to do those things. And then over time, they have a compounding effect, right? They add up and make a difference. And I think that's a really cool example for probably lots of people in our ward. I'm thinking about 
you know, youth maybe who felt, who feel like you might've felt during that time. Just I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to church with my family. I'm, you know, going to seminary. I'm doing all these things and I'm not necessarily feeling it, but just to allow themselves to have that experience and to continue um, doing those little things and having some faith that they will add up and that you can gain a testimony over time if you do the little things. So I liked that about your experience. Yeah. yeah and it's helpful for me to think, you know, maybe just maybe if I do all these things with my kids, hopefully, you know, that will make a difference that will, you know, it'll kind of get down into their heart eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a good reminder for parents too. just, Stick with it, continue to plant the seeds where you can, you know, establish good habits and hopefully good things will happen, right? Yeah, I actually kind of wanted to follow up a little bit on that as well because I, I think it's interesting. So it's almost almost like sometimes we have to go through some of those experiences. Like you had to go through a rebellious stage in order to be able to look back and be like, wait, that's not what I want in my life. And but it's like a terrifying thing to think about. So, you know, there's a lot over the last few years about like bullies and bullying and that kind of stuff. And I'm terrified that my kids will be bullies. But when I look at myself, when I was like in middle school and high school, and I probably was a bully. And I think that is why I feel so much more drive to be like kind to people is because I like have so much regret about the way I was as a teenager, but it's terrifying because like you see a teenager going through that kind of stuff and you're like, man, are they going to pull out of this or not? And it's scary. But I think the question I wanted to follow up on was, so would, do you guys think that it's important? So and Lauren, I don't know if your parents felt like they had to force you to go to seminary or if you were going to seminary willingly, but I, I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Now, obviously, every parent-child relationship is different, and it depends on the parent receiving inspiration, but what are your thoughts? Like, you have a kid who doesn't want to go to seminary or to church or whatever, like, what are your thoughts more along the lines of, like, no, you need to get them there so that at some point they can have an experience, or... It, you know, is it, was it helpful to, in your experience to say, no, like it's your choice, but we want you there. Like, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that balance? She had to run, grab a, a, a screaming child, but uh, <laughs> I, I, her dad is very much the, uh, um, he, he guilt you with the, uh, the look. Um, okay. And, but, Oh, there she is. Um, but no, I mean, she, she proudly says that, you know, she had a perfect attendance record uh, for seminary. She, some of them, she only showed up for five minutes at the end, but mm -hmm. she did have, you know, she did attend every day. And I think that's part of the, the key is, <clears throat> and it, I mean, it goes back to what something you were saying earlier, as far as, or that we were talking about is, you know, kids are listening is even just that making that last five minutes of, of, of the class, or whatever. It was still the commitment of getting it, uh, of doing it. You're still picking up something. You're still learning yeah. something. 
you know, it's the, you know, through small and simple things like you're the, the, just going through the process of it. Yeah. She probably didn't listen, you know, hear anything that day at seminary, obviously, but it was still the fact of she went. Yeah. I really love that because I think it really speaks to all or nothing thinking and just how, Sometimes we think maybe if you're dropping your kid off at seminary and you're running super late and you know they're only going to catch five minutes, I think it'd be easy to say, well, we've already basically missed it, so let's just skip it today. Um, But I love the idea of just shifting your thinking to let's just do the best that we can consistently and accept that it's probably not going to be perfect. I mean, this applies to so many things, probably family scripture study or individual or um, just all kinds of those habits that we're trying to create in our lives. And if we could just shift our thinking to, I'm going to try to be consistent and trust that it's going to make a difference, even if it's catching the last five minutes of seminary, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is going down a rabbit hole at this point now, but my <laughs> uncle shared an, a thought with me that kind of sticks with me about that. So he was, I was out in, uh, my, my grandpa used to live in the little farmhouse right next to my uncle and they had a really large garden. And I was talking to my uncle at one point about the garden after my grandpa had passed away. And he, I was talking to him about gardening and how like, you know, sharing Cammy and I struggles with gardening. And he said, I finally learned when I would watch, so this is my uncle saying that he would watch his dad um, garden. And he said, you had to be out there every day with the plants and like, see what's going on and be out there and watering them. And then he said, and you know what every day is? Every day is five days a week. And that has just stuck with me for so many things, even in the gospel. Cause like, we have this idea of like, I'm not, I'm not following the prophet. If I haven't read my scripture seven days a week, and, and I guess I don't want to like, I don't want to like lower the bar or the standard, but like, I think what we, it's a good thing to realize, like every day is if I'm doing five days a week and missing two for whatever reason, like, I think I can still consider myself a faithful member of the church. You know, I think that's just the principle you're yeah. trying to say, right? Yeah, we're working towards um, those habits and putting forth consistent effort and cutting ourselves some slack when we fall short probably but um okay i know we're kind of coming up on that time where uh it's bedtime and for kids and adults but um we want to ask you what you love what's one thing you love about the gospel of jesus christ um it's the stare off. <laughs> I I always give her the opportunity to go first because sometimes I can just talk and go on. <laughs> so That's it's smart, more man. of a go ahead and get your story in before I talk. You're a good man, Joe. Um, the thing that I love, it, it the the nice thing is I've obviously had the opportunity, well, whether good or bad, is to experience life inside and outside of the gospel. Yeah, and. People think that it's hard inside the gospel, um, but it, it's not. It's not rainbows and butterflies outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, 
the 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 wonderful thing about uh, the gospel and just more so just having faith in Jesus Christ is hope. You know, well, like when, when things we were originally talking about is you know hard times and everything. Hard times outside, it, it's you. You know, yeah, you might have somebody else to you know to help uh, you know ground you or whatever, but it's you. There, yeah. you have all these questions of why am I going through this, or you know, just you know, well, what good is this doing? You know, there's just so much unknown there. Where mm-hmm. having faith in Jesus Christ gives you hope, and it gives you the why. And even though if we don't have the answers to the why, I know there is an answer. I don't know it, but I know there is an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that Heavenly Father, there's a specific purpose that I'm going through this horrible, awful, you know, whatever time because he's trying to mold me into something for some purpose. Yeah. And so being able to have that knowledge and again, it doesn't make any, you know, the, the hard times easier, but it does give you that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, at least for me, it, it yeah. you know, cause everybody's going to have ups and downs. And so, you know, during those downs, it does, it, it just, it's like, Oh, okay. I just have to keep going, you know, just one day at a time. I just got to keep moving because I know there is a reason, you know, there's a reason for all of this. And so that's one thing I just, I, I love. And, you know, that's, I don't know, not necessarily kept me active, but just, it it keeps me going is just knowing that, you know, I have someone who has that, that kind of eternal love for me. That's, you know, kind of pulling me forward that's that's cheering me on and keeping me going yeah that's great i love that thank you so i um think about when you ask this question um is that i tend to think about okay well what is it that makes this gospel this church of jesus christ different from other teachings from other churches what it is is it's it's prophets it's living prophets and it's amazing to me because the wonderful thing about this gospel is that the message is god is with us he's here whether it be in the spirit that we feel the personal revelation that we receive or from the words of the prophets, that he is with us, that Jesus is our guide, that he is our savior, and that he has been there, he knows how we feel, and that he is still there for us, that he is helping us now, Mm -hmm. that it's not as wonderful as the Bible is, as wonderful even, you know, as the Book of Mormon is, these are ancient scriptures. These are, you know, things that that have come before, and they're amazing. But we know that through the gospel, we have his spirit and his love and his guidance now. And that is so comforting, and that is just, that's the amazing message. That is what I love. That is what brings me hope and peace. Yeah. I love that's that. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I love I love that you guys. So hope and also just a feeling that God is with us now. I love both of those ideas. Um so 
this has been an awesome time just talking with you guys and getting to know you a little bit better. And one thing we want to leave everybody with is this last question, uh, which the podcast is called the Crystal Valley Casserole. The reason being that uh, a ward is kind of like a casserole, like it's a dish that just has a bunch of ingredients in it and somehow it comes together and tastes delicious. Um, so we believe that everybody in our ward comes with something unique and special to bring to the table, so to speak. Um, so what unique ingredient do each of you bring to the ward casserole? What do you bring? Um, honestly, I um, just in terms of you know the dynamic of the ward, I I feel like it's hard to say right now. We've only been here for a couple months, <laughs> um, but you don't know if you're mayo or miracle whip. It, de <laughs> yeah. it depends on what else is in the dish, right? Yeah, and I mean no miracle whip. I can be well, <laughs> and I can you know try and go where i'm needed um she brings creativity uh, we'll we'll say blanket creativity yeah, yeah I, like I definitely see that creativity wherever you go how about you joe what do you what ingredient do you bring to our ward i mean i was joking with her earlier and i said i bring sarcasm <laughs> because i do like to have a lot of fun um, <laughs> I think there is definitely a place for that in our ward. Oh, for sure. But, um, I don't know. Besides, uh, besides fun, I, I perspective, um, and I think that's one of the that I guess one of the the gifts I have of being converted so late is I do have a, a completely different perspective than most. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love hearing stories like that. Being somebody that kind of grew up in the church, it's always refreshing to hear different perspectives for sure. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, Joe, and I think everybody in the ward probably feels this way, whether they grew up in the church or whether they're converts. But I, I think as far as back as Joseph Smith, I think he was saying that uh, converts are the lifeblood of the church, right? Like when the church is going through really hard times in Kirtland, what pulled them through were converts from England. And I think we see a similar thing in our day. It's been, you know, been compared to that time periods, you know, several times, but I just feel like every single time I talk to a convert, I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Like there are still people who recognize that this is the true church and that they love it and they want to be here. Cause it really does get hard when the, you know, so many people that I grew up with or know who were members of the church for a long time and you see them leave for whatever reason, it's like, oh man. But then to see people that are still coming to the church and and recognizing it for what it is, is so helpful. And I'm really grateful for that. And I'm grateful to be able to hear more of your stories because we only get a little bit of this kind of stuff at church. So being, I'm really grateful that we were able to talk to you and get your story there and appreciate your faith and your willingness to share that with us so i definitely agree that that's a great ingredient to bring to a ward is that perspective yeah well i 
can't wait to get to know you guys more and for everybody in our ward to get to know you. I think you guys are just awesome and such a fun addition to our ward family. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being here, guys.